Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. This is an amazing time, Jesus in the Passover. Let's go before the Lord right now. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor of coming and meeting together. And Father, we know that your word says whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. So Father, right now, we take that authority. We bind the devil in every area. We bind the devil that comes against uh, your children in sickness, in their finances. Father, in every single way, we take authority and dominion over the forces of darkness. And you said whatever we loose shall be loosed in heaven. And Father, we loosen divine blessing on all of us around the world right now, on our homes, our family, our marriages, our finances, and our future. And Father, we know that we are entering into a season where the window of heaven will be open. And Father, I ask for a special anointing to teach this divine appointment with you. And Father, let there be Look at me right now. Can I tell you what I believe is getting ready to happen? As crazy as our world is, as as insane as our government is, as insane as our government is, you know, um, uh, Pastor Wanderson said his family cannot come and visit him from Brazil because our borders are closed. And yet we just brought 5,000 illegals into the convention center and they're going to be released into our society. It's insanity. But can I tell you what's going to happen? As crazy as it gets in the world, God is going to take the children of God and release a blessing on them that will show the world. Listen to me. Receive this. We'll show the world when we do what is right in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. We have a divine bubble over us of blessing and joy and abundance and prosperity. How many receive that? Somebody say in Jesus name. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to ask you this morning to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. I felt myself wanting to go political, but I stopped. (laughs) Matthew chapter 13. Now, one of the things that I think a lot of Christians miss, and I think sometimes they forget, is that Jesus, when he taught, taught as a rabbi. Now, most of us know that, but let that sink in a little bit. When we read in the Bible where it says in English, teacher, that word teacher in Hebrew is rabbi. Jesus was born a Jew. He was raised a Jew. He taught as a Jew in Matthew, Mark. Now, most of you know this, but I want this to sink in. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who was Jesus talking to? Now, most of the time people say us, the church. There was no church then. The church didn't exist yet. So when he's talking to Peter and Paul and, or not Paul, but John and Matthew and Mary, He's talking to Jews. And these Jews understood things that many, or I would say most Christians, don't understand. When Jesus says, it is written, and he quotes what was written, Jesus was quoting from what's called in Hebrew, the Torah. He was quoting from the Torah. In the Torah, there are five books. Genesis, Exodus, 
Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you, because I don't think I've ever taught this publicly. In the Torah, when Jesus says it's written, he's quoting from the writings of Moses. The first one is Genesis. The second one is Exodus. The third one is Leviticus. The fourth is Numbers. And the fifth is Deuteronomy. Jesus didn't make anything new up. He just came to make those teachings come alive. Do you understand that? That's why when people say, well, that's the Old Testament. We're the New Testament. It's, it, I, I always laugh when I hear pastors do that. And then I want to say, do you receive tithes and offerings every Sunday? Well, yes. Where do you think that came from? The Old Testament. In the original writings of the Bible, there was no separation of old and new. That came about from Rome a long, 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 long time after the time of Jesus. So the teachings of Jesus, when he's teaching in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, he's teaching the Jewish people and he's teaching things from what's called the Torah. Now, all of you understand, or most of you understand, what the avolt of something is. What's the avolt? Somebody tell me. The first. If you don't get what's first, you can't understand what's, what is the rest. If you don't get the first thing, it's the father of all the things that is being taught, nothing else can be birthed into your life. So when we look at the Torah, the word, the Bible that Jesus taught from and quoted and made clear, we look at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, but when a child begins to study the Torah, he doesn't begin with Genesis. He begins with Leviticus. Because the word Leviticus in Hebrew means to hear the voice of God. To hear the call of God. Because unless we hear, and I want you to think about that word here, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something that you've read a a hundred times, but it's going to have a new meaning. Unless we hear, unless we're able to hear the voice of God, none of the rest of the teachings will make any sense. So when a child goes into yeshiva, goes into religious school, they don't start with Genesis. They start with Leviticus, Vayakar, which means to hear are the call of God, to hear the divine voice of God. So understanding the beginning, what births all the rest of the blessings is to hear the voice. You know, you think about it. No man calls Jesus Lord unless what? The Spirit calls him. You don't just decide, well, hey, I think I'll become a Christian. No, the Spirit has to call. That means you have to hear it. And respond to it. Then all the rest of the blessings follow. Okay? Read with me this morning in the book of Matthew, starting with, for the sake of time, start, let's just do verse 1. And on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And the great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got in the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, now look at me right now. The, the place a child starts is Leviticus. Leviticus means hearing the divine word of God, the divine voice of God. When we're talking about a seed being sown, we're talking about God's word. Okay? The key, the key to the blessing of God, the Jewish prophecy is in the last days, Gentiles' eyes will be opened. And we'll begin to understand the deeper things of God. There are four levels of wisdom of God. 
These four levels, Peshat, Ramas, Drash, and Sod, are the words for paradise. Returning to everything we touch, God blesses. Okay? Parties, P, means the milk of the word. It takes us down to the day and age that you and I live, and we go from the milk to the meat of God's word, the meat of God's word. And when we begin to understand how scriptures connect themselves, in the very last days, God releases the mysteries of the kingdom of God where we begin to see things and we begin to understand things and we begin to live in the blessings of the mysteries of God. That comes from hearing what God is saying. Not just reading it, but hearing what God is saying, okay? I know I'm I'm making a big deal of that because it is a real big deal because I believe we're getting ready to go into the greatest time in the history of the kingdom of God and God wants to speak to us. Amen. All right, let's read again. So in verse three, and so he spoke many things to them in parables. That's the parables are the second level of knowledge saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. That's the word of God. And he sowed some seed that fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them, devoured the word of God. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth to the earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and they withered and died. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Now you've heard this, but you're going to hear it different. Yielded a crop, some a hundred, some 60, and some 30-fold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now listen to what Jesus says. Listen to what he said. Why do you speak to them in these illustrations? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, them out there, it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now look at me one second, we're going to go on. That seems like one of the strangest scriptures in all the Bible. And it seems so ungodlike. Whoever has, more will be given. Whoever does not have, what he has will be taken away and given to somebody else. We think, well, that sounds like communism. (laughs) He's talking about knowledge. Remember, the seed is hearing the word of God. Not only hearing it, but understanding it. Some of the seed fell amongst thorns. Some of the seed fell in shallow ground. Some of the seed fell on stony ground and it didn't grow. But some of the seed fell on good ground and it yielded 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, I know I'm saying this slow, but I want you to catch something. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what God is saying. There's all kinds of people that hear, but they don't hear. Right? They hear, but they don't hear. This is what he's talking about. So in these last days, those who have wisdom the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, more wisdom and knowledge of God will be given to them. And those who don't have the wisdom of God, even what they have, 
Talk about our country. Does it make any sense to shut down all of our economy and churches because of fear of spreading COVID, but then open up our borders and let people in who have COVID or tested positive for COVID and then released into the... Does that make any sense at all? Okay, this is exactly what God is talking about in one case. That if we don't hear what God is saying, then even the, the milk of wisdom will be taken away and given to somebody else. But those who have wisdom and hear the voice of God and yield to the voice of God and obey the voice of God, they will be given more and more and more, 30, 60, 100 fold. And God will in these last days release to us white and brown and black and male and female and young and old. God will release the wisdom of God. And God said, with all you're getting, get wisdom and knowledge because it's the truth that we understand. That truth will set us free in every single area of our lives. Somebody ought to say amen. Now, this this is not a political message, but I couldn't help it as as I was teaching it. God, give me that illustration of even the wisdom that we have, it'll be like, what are what are people even thinking? But the flip side of that is those of us who listen to the voice of God, he will speak louder and he will speak more clearly than any, any other time in history. Our best really is yet to come. Amen. All right, let's read on. Let's read on what it says. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, quote, hearing you will hear, and you will not understand. Seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Now look at the next verse. For assuredly, assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you are seeing and did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And then he goes on to explain the sower and the reaper. Now, the thing I want us to focus on is what Jesus said when he talked about 30, 60, a hundredfold. Now, listen, what I'm about to tell you. Jesus wasn't walking, and he said, uh, you know, um, if you understand the word of God, then the harvest is going to come into your life uh, um, 20, 40, 80. No, 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 um, 30, 60, 100 fold. He didn't just make these words up. Jesus, as a rabbi, was teaching the Torah. And he was teaching something that every Jew, when he said 30, 60, 100 fold, and 100 fold means no limit. There's no limit to what I can do. When you understand, he's talking the Jews that understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. Now, We won't take time to read it today, but everybody knows Malachi chapter 3. The Lord says, return unto me, and I will return unto you. If you return to me, then I, Jehovah Jireh, 
Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Shalom, I, the God of everything, I will return to you. Now, now watch me. It's your move. You return to me, and I will return to you. Now, most of you know this, but let me explain for those who maybe are new to this. The book of Malachi was written right after the Babylonian captivity. Israel went into captivity by the enemy. The enemy uh, destroyed the temple, took all the people into Babylon, into modern-day Iraq and Iran, and made them slaves. God did a miracle. That's the book of Esther, Purim. God did a miracle and turned their story upside down. Now, let me give you a prophetic word. Our country is going to get crazy for the next three years. But you and I are going to be in a bubble. We're going to be divinely protected. And we're going to be divinely blessed. After the three years, God is going to turn it back around. I, I, I believe this. I believe God is not done. I believe a great revival is getting ready to take place. But those who are like the Esters are going to be a part of that divine miracle where God turns that story upside down and we begin, we return spiritually and begin to build the temple of God as never before. Do you understand? So the book of Malachi, Israel has just come out of horrible situation and they're back in Israel. The book of Malachi, if you look on many of your Bibles, is called the Great Assembly. All the great prophets and the sages and all the great uh, rabbis are meeting in Jerusalem at the Great Assembly. And they're praying. They're saying, God, what do we have to do so that the enemy doesn't defeat us anymore? It looks like we're doing well. Our country is blessed. And then all of a sudden, the enemy defeats us again. They're praying, God, give us an answer. And God speaks to them through the prophet Malachi. God, what do we do? God says, return to me, teshuvah to me. And when you return to me, then I will return to you. You have to make the move first. You have to make. And this is true for um an individual. It's true for a family. This is true for a city. This is true for a state. This is true for a country. You know, you think about, you know, and I don't want to keep getting po- political, but um, n- nobody's nobody's trying to rush in to break into Russia. Is that correct? Nobody's trying to sneak into North Korea. Nobody's trying to smuggle themselves into China. Why do people want to come to America? Because we were built as one nation under God. And that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our founding fathers were Judeo-Christians following the word of God. And when you follow the word of God, the blessing of God comes. It's not because we're smarter than anybody. It's not because we're prettier than anybody. But when you follow the word of God, God returns to us and brings his blessing. People want to come to America, and I don't blame them. People want to come to America because we are a blessed nation. But if we throw God out of our nation, then we'll become like everybody else. Does that, does that make sense? I don't blame them for wanting to come. I would want to come too. But what we've got to understand is the reason why we are blessed is because we are one nation under God. This is what God is saying to Malachi or through Malachi to the children of Israel after 70 years of Babylonian captivity. God, what do we do? And God answers, return to me and then I will return to you. 
You mean if we come back to you, if we come back to doing what you tell us to do, then you'll be the God of healing and the God of prosperity and the God of miracles and the, the, the God who, who is unlimited? Yes. How do we do that? Now, the first thing God says is in your tithe. I didn't get a lot of amens on that. See, when I was talking about the bubble, amen. He's a, the blessing God, he's a prophet of God. Divine protection, preach it, pastor. The first thing you got to do is tithe. No high blood English. He's the Lord of the harvest. This is not a gimmick. No seed, no harvest. Why are why are is the Christian world so weak? Well, because it's become a business instead of a calling. Amen? Amen. Our job up here is to teach the Word of God. Now, next week I'm going to share that Malachi chapter 3 is more for Gentiles than it is for Jews. Because one of the things that God says is before the windows of heaven open up, I'm going to judge the priesthood in the way they take an offering. That's what it says. Can, can, I, can I share something with you? I am, I am in great demand for people to invite me to do their telethons and raise funds. I'm in great demand. The reason I'm in great demand is because when I teach, people give. But when I go somewhere and I go to very few... Only, only people that I trust. I just did one uh, on Zoom or Zing or whatever that is I did it on. And uh, what, people who are new, I, I, uh, they come to me and go, what number has God given you? And I said, I don't do that. And they said, well, well how do you get people to give? I said, I teach what God's word said. I don't, there's, no, there's no gimmick involved. There's no, there's no nothing involved. Here's what God's word says. And I don't have to say, go to the phone. If you give $100 for 100 years, God will give you 100,000 blessings out of Psalms 101. You know, I don't do, I don't do any of that. And, it's, and it blows. I remember the first time Scott and I went to somewhere at, a, at, a, um, at a, a, a different city. Great, great television station. Wonderful Christian people. In one night, I remember they called me and said, what number has God given you? Because that's the thing, God, you know, I got to come up with a number. And I said, I don't do that. Next thing I know, this is the night before we did They're at my hotel. What do you mean? Wait, wait how are you going to do this? I said, I'm just going to teach the word of God. Let God speak to people. We brought in that one night more than they've brought in in the entire last five years. Because this works. This is real. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not a gimmick. Someday I'm going to stand before God and God will judge me. Be ye not many teachers for greater is your condemnation. God will judge me. I will stand before God and he will judge me whether or not I fed you or fleeced you. Every pastor needs to have that fear. So I would never say anything. Never say anything to trick you into giving. I would never do that because I'm afraid of him. So I'm, I'm, I'm serious. But here's the truth. They're coming out of Purim. They're coming out of the book of Esther. They're meeting saying, God, tell us what to do that our nation isn't defeated again. And God said, all right, I'm going to tell you what to do. Now, this is true for a nation this is true for a church. This is true for a family. This is true for an individual. 
God said, return to me, Teshuvah. It's a major teaching in Israel, in Judaism. Return to me, and, and when you do, I'll return to you. See, so many times we pray, God, help me, help me. And God said, I, I'm ready. I'm the God, I'm the answer to whatever you need. Come on, God, I'm ready. Return to me. Because where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Amen? Amen. Return to me and I'll return to you. Man, oh, that's a good deal. How to return? In your tithe. And this is not a gimmick because this is what Passover, one of the major things of Passover. Next week, we're going to talk about the three blessings of Passover. The three blessings of Resurrection Sunday. Now, God releases those blessings every moment of every day. But during the time of Passover, crucifixion, and resurrection, the window of heaven's open. And then it closes in, in this area, and, and God's blessing is multiplied. We'll talk about those three blessings next week. So God says, in your tithe and in your offering, and prove me, prove me, prove me, check me out. If I won't open up over you the windows of heaven. Now, most of you know this, but let me say it because I really believe the next three years is going to be amazing. I'm just going to tell you this. Our our television ministry is just exploding with response from people all over the world. Now, I believe one of those reasons is because the avot of all blessings is I will bless those who bless Israel. I I believe that a thousand percent. And I would never say that as a gimmick or as anything. And we don't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to bless Israel. We really do bless Israel. Matter of fact, and I can't share with you yet, I shared with my family that the Israeli government just asked me to be a, would you, would you like to be a part of this new opportunity of a Jewish community somewhere in a really bizarre part of the world that the government, ha- their government has said yes, if they want to return to Israel. And so God willing, Pastor Scott and I are going to fly to this part of the world in the fall, God willing. And, and uh, I've pledged that our ministry will pay for that airplane and, and get those Jewish people back, according to the prophecy, back to the nation of, of Israel. So when we say we're going to do something, we really do it. And God blesses us in that. But then the other thing is, in your tithes and your offerings, most Christians don't understand what God is saying. We know what a tithe is. A tenth is God's. And, and I'm not saying this, I don't, I don't look at this, you have to determine whether you want to hear from God or not hear from God. But a tenth is 10%. And I would rather live on 90% of God's blessing than 100% without his blessing. Right? Now, I'm just saying. And this is what one of the, one of the teachings of Passover is. The reason why Israel went into Babylonian captivity is because... They stopped, and I'm going to get a little more detail next week and show you something why it's for Gentiles more, is they stopped tithing. They stopped bringing their first fruit offerings, and they stopped keeping Shemitah, which is setting the land aside on the seventh year. By the way, we're in a Shemitah year. That's why I know, and I'll get more, more into that uh, um, next week, next Sunday. But when God says your tithe and your offerings, God is talking about the teachings that every Jew understood. Turn with me to 
Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 16. Now, I want to say this again as you're, as you're turning. Uh, I will never take the word of God and teach it to manipulate you or to trick you into an offering. I've been in, I've seen that. Can I confess something to you? Years and years and years ago, when I first started teaching prosperity, I did a, I did a, uh, a big meeting in uh, Phoenix, uh, Arizona area. And that's when the prosperity thing was just cranking and everything. And we were packed out. We had, uh, you know, probably 10 churches that showed up for this thing at and I was teaching, and all of a sudden, people started bringing their offering down to the front. And I manipulated it. I took it and manipulated it. I ran with it in an unrighteous way so people would give more. And I went back to my hotel room, and you ever have the Holy Spirit speaking to you? And you try to rebuke it, rebuke it as the devil. It's one of those sticky nights under the sheets. Couldn't sleep because I knew that I took God's word and violated his people. I fleeced the flock instead of feeding the flock. So the next, we were doing two nights. The next night we went back and I asked for every pastor that was in the, in the audience, and I think there was 10 or 12 uh, pastors there. And after the service, I said, would you meet me in the back for a cup of coffee? And I took all the offering from that night and the night before and divided it amongst those pastors. Because I said, I will not violate. To those who have, more will be given. And I knew what God had shown me about prosperity was true, but I knew I violated the people. And so I said, I'm not going to curse myself. And so I just gave it all away. But the word of God does say, return unto me and I'll return unto you. They said, how do we return? And God's answer was, in your tithes and your offerings. Look at Leviticus chapter 16. Now, if you have a chance, read starting with verse 1. We won't do that. But he's talking about, the offering of Passover. He's talking about the offering of Pentecost, Shavuot. And he's talking about the offering of the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. But jump down to verse 16. Three times a year, all your males, and God now includes females, say amen, Amen. shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. And every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given. So when God says in Malachi, return unto me and I return unto you, They said, how do we return? And he says, in your tithes and in your offerings. And I've always, you know, when I first read that, before I understood the Hebrew teaching of this, I always thought that's a strange thing. You know, if I was God and people were praying to me and said, God, how do we get right with you? I would say, stoppeth, smokingeth, dopeth. (laughs) Right? I would, I would think of something else, but God says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so for you to return and what we need to understand is in the time of, uh, in the time of, of, uh, Babylonian captivity, Israel was tremendously blessed. And once again, I can't help but think about our country. In just a few hundred years, look how blessed our country has been. But we used to be a country that 
No president would do anything without talking to Billy Graham. But now we're a country that has thrown the Ten Commandments out of the schools. My, one of my grandchildren went back to school and one of their first classes was a discussion on transgender. In our schooling, that's a long way from Ten Commandments when you walk in. But God is saying, return to me and I'll return to you. Once again, here's, here's what God laid on my heart. Is that three times a year we come before the Lord and we bring him an offering. And when we bring him that offering, it opens up the windows of heaven. So in other words, if we don't do that, then those windows are closed. Now, I've explained this so many times, uh, forgive me if I'm being redundant, but a lot of times we think that the window of heaven is just hovering over us. And when we finally need a blessing and obey God or do what God tells us to do, he opens that window and pours us out a blessing. That is not how it works. That word window in Hebrew is the word yushod. And it means a funnel from the throne of God to your need. But that funnel, that window that you showed, passes over us three times a year. On God's appointed time. It's not just hovering over us. If we miss that window during Passover, resurrection, if we miss that window during uh, Pentecost, uh, uh, Shavuot, if we miss that window during the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, that window within 30 days is gone. And the blessing that comes out of that window is gone for another year. After Resurrection Sunday, after after um, Passover, that window shuts. And every blessing that God intended for us to have is gone on that day for one whole year concerning that offering. Return to me, and I'll return to you. Here's the strange thing. Israel was defeated when they were the strongest. Their crops were growing, their herds were growing, their business were growing, the kingdom was growing. But all of a sudden, the enemy came in and destroyed them. You know why? Because they basically said, we're doing so good. We don't need you, God. But we need to remember that we are, or were, you know, we're not even the the leader economically anymore. That we were the greatest nation in the world. Why? Because we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus Christ is the one who led us and taught us and guided us. And when we follow that, God's blessing was upon us. If we will return individually, family, city, state, nation, that blessing will still come upon us and there is unlimited. Three times a year, 30, 60, 100 fold, unlimited. A Jewish Jesus, when he said they have ears, but they don't hear, but blessed are you. That word blessed there, if you read it in the Hebrew, it means a a gift from heaven. But blessed are you, gift from heaven will come upon you because you have ears to hear and you have eyes to see. We are an amazing country because we serve an amazing God. And if every one of us, I'm going to say this, probably not proper to say this. I don't know what you're going to do, but for me and my family, we're going to serve the living God and live under that blessing. Amen. Let me, let me give you one more scripture here. Turn with me to, I have to pick and choose, Leviticus chapter 23, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 23. Read with me in verse 1. Do you have it? 
And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Now, the reason I bring that up is, you know, when we started teaching Jewish roots of the Bible, what a Jewish Jesus was saying, what a Jewish Paul was saying, what a Jewish Abraham was saying. You, you can't read the Bible with the, you know, with the, I'm from, I'm from South St. Louis. You can't read the Bible as if Jesus was from South St. Louis. It won't, it won't make any sense. And so when it doesn't make any sense, you make things up. You know, I've used this. This is a bad illustration, but I've used it so long. You know, you have to read the Bible with the eyes of a Jewish Jesus. You have to understand what a Jewish Jesus was saying. And this is a terrible illustration, but I think if somebody wrote 2,000 years they were reading, Pastor Larry was seen riding all over Dallas on a thousand pound hog. What would that mean? Well, if you're from Arkansas and you want to be like Pastor Larry, you're going to, man, I'm going to get me a big pig and I'm going to ride it all over. But if you're from South St. Louis, you're not riding a thousand pound pig. You're riding a thousand pound, which I do, Harley Davidson, a hog. Now you're reading the same scripture, but you're reading it with different eyes. Do you understand? You cannot understand the Bible and its teachings unless our eyes are open. And that's the, one of the most exciting things is that in, in Hebrew prophecy, in the last days, the eyes of the Gentiles will be open. And, and one of the great prophecies is, is that when their eyes are open to the Jewishness of their faith, God will bless them so much. Are you receiving this? God will bless them so much that it will get the eye of every Gentile and the eye of every Jew. And together we will welcome in the Messiah. That's what it says. You have to read it different. Can I give you another really bad illustration since I have 10 minutes? When Tiz, Tiz and I used to, we, we, we pastored for six years in Australia. And in Australia, uh, in fact, Katie was born in Australia. In Australia, they speak English. But their English is different in some words than our English. And when we first went over to Australia to visit, I, I preached for uh, uh, one of our, the pastors over there. And afterwards, we went to his house for uh, a bite to eat in the evening. And we were sitting there having great, great fellowship uh, with our Australian friends. And I said to the pastor, I said, uh, can I use your bathroom? And he looked at me like, you know, I thought, well, maybe that you don't use each other. And he goes, well, yeah, sure. And I go, he goes, it's through that door. So I went in there and I closed the door and I look, looking around and there's the sink and there's the bathtub. But I couldn't find what I was looking for. And I'm thinking, something ain't right here. I mean, I pulled the clothes hamper up. No, it's not in there. So I came back out and I said, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't. He said, well, you know, that's why he looked at me strange. He, I asked if I could use the room they take a bath in. Oh, sure, I guess. You want, a, you want a towel? I mean, I hardly know you, but, you know, we're family. And I said, I need the, the he goes, oh, you're looking for the water closet. And so the water closet, the WC, is a different room than the bathroom. Now, I'm going to say to all of our Australian friends, that's a great idea. We built our house that way. He thought I was looking for a room to take a bath. 
we have the same words, but they have different meanings. When we understand what a Jewish Jesus is talking about, a whole new world opens up to us. And folks, this is end time prophecy. Read with me in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1. Did I read that? Okay, what am I looking for? Oh, I'm sorry. Go to Leviticus chapter 1. We'll close with this. Now remember, the first thing a Jewish child studies in the Torah, in the Bible, is the book of Leviticus. And the book of Leviticus, the word Leviticus means the call, or to hear the divine voice of God. Why? Now, uh, this is so cool. Why? Because when you hear what God is saying, you tap into the unlimited supernatural potential of that teaching. Let me say it again. You tap in to the supernatural, unlimited potential of that saying. Listen to what it says here. Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. Now let me read it to you in Hebrew, or from the original Hebrew to the the English. A man who shall bring near of you an offering to God. A man who shall bring near of you an offering to God. The word sacrifice, when we hear in the Bible, you, or we hear a preacher, you need to sacrifice to the Lord. We think a sacrifice means giving something up. But the word in Hebrew, sacrifice, is the word korban. And the word korban does not mean to give something up. It means to draw near to God. So when this Leviticus Hearing the voice of God, it literally reads into Hebrew, the sacrifice you're bringing is not the animal you put on the altar. It's the animal in you that you are sacrificing. You know, I have, uh, I have, I have horses and I have cattle. And some of the horses are related and some of the cows are related. And they walk around together, they graze together, they do these things. But when I bring out food, they're kicking each other, biting each other, hooking each other. They're animals. But in Hebrew, God says, you're not an animal, you're a minch. You're a human. And so three times a year, We come before the Lord. And yes, God opens the windows of heaven. God pours us out such a blessing. God rebukes the devourer for us. This is the only way. It it does no good to make $100 an hour. Somebody say amen. It does no good to make $100 an hour and the devil takes 110. Through the three times a year and the offering... God now gets in and rebukes the devourer. Remember on Passover, he stands in front of your your home and makes the angel of destruction pass over you. That's what this is. That's what this is. But it's more than that. That when we bring this and we say, God, and, and that's why we take a first fruit offering three times a year at least. And we take it to Israel. Because we want to bless Israel because God will bless us. But when we bring that to the nation of Israel, we are drawing all of us near to God. And we are killing that animal. And we are releasing the divine nature of God. In these last days, God is going to speak to you. 
And he'll lead you and he'll guide you and he'll teach you and he'll show you things to come as never before. He, he, uh, as being a husband, as being a father in, in business, in investment, whatever it is, he's going to show us what we need to do. And that comes by three times a year. We come before the Lord and we don't come empty handed. And then God opens the windows of heaven. And once again, I prophesy to you, while it's getting crazy out there, you and I are going to be under a divine bubble of blessing. And See, I got those amens again. I got them. Yeah. I need to write a book, The Bubble Blessing. How many are ready for that? Stand up and give the Lord a clap offering, would you please? Look, I even made it on time. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. There's, there's, there is, there is nothing that excites me more than the revelation we get from God's word. God says there's going to be those out, those out there who have eyes to see, but they won't see. They'll have ears to hear, but they won't hear. But blessed are you who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, next Sunday, we're going to teach on the three blessings of Passover. Now, Friday, we're going to do Jesus in the Passover. Sunday, we're going to teach the three blessings that happen. The window, the window is open. When we bring that first fruit, God connects his throne to our need. We're going to take a first fruit offering. We're going to give it to the nation of Israel. Can I brag on you a little bit? We just last week sent another $300,000 for Ethiopian Jews to come to Israel because of you. I didn't do it. You did it. Amen. Come on. Give yourself a big hand. That's amazing. During the time of all the the craziness going on, you and I are blessing the nation of Israel and, and, and it's our partners around the world that's helping this. We cannot do it without you, but we are doing it together. In Isaiah, God says, call upon the Lord while he is near. Now I say this all the time. God is God 24 seven. Every moment of every day, God is God. But during these three Moedims, these three appointed times, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. Where we read the feasts, In Hebrew, it says Moedim, the appointed time. These are God's times on the calendar. How many have ever gotten a phone call and says, don't forget you have a doctor appointment? Right? Don't forget you have a vet appointment. Don't forget you have this appointment. This is God sending you a Holy Ghost text. Don't forget... You have an appointment for God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. I like to have every head bow, every eye closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Larry, you know, I'm not right with God. I've never given my heart to the Lord. I've never been born again. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. Or maybe you're here and you need to Right now, return to the Lord. Say, I've known the Lord, but I've fallen away. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. No one's looking around. You say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to return to the Lord. Would you slip your hand up all over the building and hold it there just for a moment? And just just keep it up there the whole time. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Just keep it up, please. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. That hand. Just keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. Anybody else, wave it at me. You're just living. I see that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand. God bless you. That hand. God bless you. Give these people a great big clap offering. We're going to pray together.
We're going to pray together. But I just feel led to say this to you. You know, the Lord says, return to me and I'll return to you. He didn't say, you know, before I return to you, I don't want to see six months of you doing this and doing that. No, he just says, return to me and I'll return to you. I walked into church a drug addict and a drug dealer. An hour and a half later, I walked out. Somebody just said, oh, you got out in an hour and a half. It's usually two for us. (laughs) Three hours later, I walked out a child of God. That's the God that we serve. He's a wonderful, merciful, loving God. Tiz says it so much better than I do. God is never a taker. He's a giver. We give him our lives. And he gives back to us life more abundant. He's a wonderful savior. Let's close our eyes and say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare... In the name of Jesus Christ, every curse is reversed and every blessing is received. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering.